And now, Schnell reads you the rulebook for Shadows Over Camelot. Players, 3 to 7, ages 10 plus. Playtime, 60 to 90 minutes. An unladen swallow flies across the gray skies of Cornwall. The forces of evil are gathering around Camelot. The Black Knight was sighted atop a desolate ridge. A scheming Morgan plots her revenge. Saxon troops are on the move, and acres of timber are being felled for the siege engines. And yet Lancelot has all but vanished. Excalibur is still to be recovered, and the Holy Grail remains just a legend. These are troubling times indeed. Will you, young squire, come forth and pledge allegiance to your fellow knights at the round table? Is your heart pure of intent and ready to sacrifice for the good of all? Or will the dark promise of power seduce you into treason? Preamble In most games, players compete against each other to achieve victory. Shadows over Camelot proposes a journey of a different kind, where you and your fellow players as Knights of the Round Table will collaborate to jointly defeat the game. At first glance, this task seems simple enough. After all, shouldn't a band of young and noble knights, fleet of foot and sound of mind, easily defeat a game that plays itself? Alas, your quest is further complicated by the ever-present possibility of a traitor in your mists, biding his time, waiting to strike at the worst possible moment. But enough words. Don your cloak, climb astride your warhorse, and gallop into the shadows to join us in Camelot. Components One master game board of Camelot and the Round Table, with its surrounding quests. Three additional double-sided quests, the Holy Grail, Excalibur, and Lancelot and the Dragon. Sixteen Swords of the Round Table, white on one side, black on the other. 168 character, event, and loyalty cards, including 84 white cards, 69 standard, 15 special, 8 loyalty cards, loyal and traitor, 76 black cards, 64 standard, 12 special, 7 coat of arms, 1 per knight, 7 standard dice, 1 for each knight, and 1 special 8-sided die for the siege engines, a rule booklet, and a book of quests, a Days of Wonder online access number located in the back of these rules. 30 miniatures including 12 siege engines, 3 relics, 4 Saxons, and 4 picked warriors, 7 knights. Familiarizing yourself with the key components. The game contains many different elements and components. We suggest you give the following brief explanations to your group as you set up the game, or review them with new players before starting. Cards. There are three major categories of cards in Shadows Over Camelot. The loyalty cards. One for each of you at the start of the game. Determine your allegiance. If loyal, to Camelot and the Knights of the Round Table. If the traitor, to the forces of evil. The white cards. Recognizable by their white back and border representing a variety of good events for the characters which should help you and your fellow knights on your quests. White cards come in two categories. Standard whites, and the rare, more powerful, special whites, which are recognizable by their special symbol. The black cards, recognizable by their black back and border, are inevitably a bad omen for you and your fellow knights, but welcome news for a traitor, as they usually help the spread of evil forces through the land. Black cards come in two categories, standard blacks and the rarer, more dangerous, special blacks, which are recognizable by their special symbol. Coat of Arms Your coat of arms is your character's reference sheet throughout the game, initially displayed face-up with your knight's name visible. This is where you store your life die, any relics you may win, and where you tuck your loyalty card at the start of the game. Your coat of arms gives you a summary of the actions you may take, and spells out your unique special power. 
The latter is described in greater detail in Appendix 1 of the Book of Quests under your knight's name. The opposite side of each coat of arms is for the traitor to use once unmasked. It details the mechanics of his evil intrigues for the rest of the game. Quests In Shadows Over Camelot, the game's various boards, the Master Game Board and the Three Punch Boards, represent diverse locations where you may travel to in pursuit of quests that will help you win the game. These quests all share some common traits. A name and a symbol, used to represent that quest on various game elements and cards. An illustration of the countryside location where the quest occurs, and, in some cases, of the foe you will face there. Pre-designated card spots, where the variety of black or white cards must be placed to advance the quest. Pre-designated knight positions, to indicate whether the quest is open to all knights or is a solitary, solo, quest instead. Victory and defeat pictograms, showing the spoils granted to the victors and punishment dealt to the vanquished. Each quest usually has one or more black cards or evil actions attached to it, and one or more white cards that can be played on it or heroic actions that can be performed to advance it. For more in-depth description of the quests and details of each specific quest's end conditions and consequences of victory or defeat, please refer to the Book of Quests. Relics In Shadows Over Camelot, several of the quests yield powerful relics. Winning these will take you a long way on your arduous path to victory. These relics, and the quests they are linked to, are Excalibur, the fabled sword in the quest for Excalibur, the Holy Grail, of legend, in the Grail's quest, and Lancelot's armor in the quest for Lancelot. When you win one of these quests, you immediately capture the corresponding relic and proudly place its miniature on your coat of arms. That relic's power, as described on your coat of arms and in the corresponding quest, is now yours. However, if the quest is lost, the relic disappears forever and is removed from play for the rest of the game. Swords of the Round Table The game's 16 swords, black on one side, white on the other, are used throughout the game to track your group's progress towards victory or defeat. When the game ends, the sword's colors and quantity will dictate whether you have won or lost the game. Object of the Game in Shadows Over Camelot, you and your friends form a coalition of knights who have pledged to defend the kingdom against the forces of evil. Your victory hinges on the successful completion of legendary quests, such as the Search for Excalibur, the Holy Grail, or Lancelot's Armor, the Tournament against the Black Knight, and numerous wars against the Saxons and Picts. Each quest offers its own challenges, with the spoils for the victorious and terrible consequences for the defeated. A quest's completion often brings one or more new swords to the round table. In victory, these swords are laid white side up in support of the knights. In defeat, they are laid black side up, displaying the ominous progress of evil. The game ends prematurely and is lost if the loyal knights cannot prevent the forces of evil from doing any of the following conditions. A. Surrounding Camelot with 12 siege engines. B. Placing seven or more black swords on the round table. C. Killing all of the loyal knights. Otherwise, the game ends immediately after the first action in which the twelfth sword, or more, is laid on the round table. At that point, the game is won if all loyal knights have succeeded in placing a majority of white swords on the round table. If there is a traitor, he wins if the forces of evil defeat the rest of the knights. Setting up the game. Place the master game board of Camelot and its surrounding areas in the center of the table. Diagram 1. Punch out the quests for Excalibur, the Holy Grail, and Lancelot and the Dragon, and lay them next to the Master Game Board as shown in Diagram 2. The quests for Lancelot and the Dragon must be placed with Lancelot's side face up. 
Now place the miniatures of Excalibur, the Holy Grail, and Lancelot's armors on the respective spots of these quests. Diagram 3. Place the 12 siege engines, 4 Saxons, 4 picks, and 16 double-sided swords in a reserve next to the game board. Diagram 4. Randomly deal a coat of arms to each player. Everyone takes stock of their knights and introduces himself and his special power to the group. Place your coat of arms face up next to you and lay the six-sided die with the four face visible on the spot reserved for it. Diagram 5. This die will be used throughout the game to track your knight's life points. Place your knight's miniature on its designated seat at the round table, diagram 6, where it will start the game. Separate the cards into three piles, white, black, and loyalty. Shuffle the black cards into a draw pile and place them on the designated spot in Camelot, diagram 7. From the white cards, give one Merlin to each player, then shuffle the remaining white cards, including any remaining Merlin cards. Deal five white cards to each player, and place the remaining white cards in a draw pile on the designated spot in Camelot, Diagram 8. If you are three players, please see Three Brave Knights, page 19, before proceeding further. Shuffle all eight loyalty cards and randomly give one to each player. Secretly peek at your loyalty card and discover your allegiance, to the round table if loyal, to the forces of evil if the traitor, before sliding your loyalty card face down under your coat of arms, Diagram 9. Any unused loyalty cards are put face down in the game's box unseen. Important note, throughout the game, all the cards played, be they black or white, must always be discarded face down. To distinguish the discard pile from the draw piles, the draw piles are always on the board in Camelot, Diagram 7 and 8, while the discard piles sit outside Camelot off the board, Diagram 10. Beginning of the game. At the start of the game, in a gesture of the collaboration to come, each player must select one white card from his hand and place it face up on the round table. A discussion should ensue about how best to share those cards among all the knights. A knight, in a noble gesture, may voluntarily take none of the shared cards, while others may pick up several. If there is a disagreement, not a good omen of things to come, the offered cards are shuffled and redistributed randomly to each player. You are now ready to begin. Recommendations for the first time play. This game is different, really different. You will at once be playing the game, yet involuntarily helping it defeat you. While the game's mechanics are quite simple, their implications and the potential repercussions of your acts will be anything but. As a result, unless your group of players is made up of seasoned veterans who have all thoroughly familiarized themselves with these rules and appendices beforehand, we suggest you play your first game without a potential traitor in your midst. It will lower the tension and fun that can stem from a good bit of backstabbing, but ensure that everyone gets a chance to master the game. To do so, simply remove the traitor from the mix of loyalty cards before dealing those out, and use each loyalty card face up solely as a reminder of the game's victory conditions. This should allow you to rapidly master the game's mechanics and familiarize yourself with the unique special power of each knight, and with the quests and obstacles you are likely to face. If the rules seem a bit daunting at first, do not worry. All you need to get started is to familiarize yourself with the game's key components during setup, and get a firm grasp on the basic game turn structured as outlined on your coat of arms in these rules. Equipped with that knowledge, you can then start the game and discover the rest as you play, referring to the book of quests when entering a new quest, and to the cards manifest if an occasional question arises. Once you have a game under your belt, add the trader card back into the mix of loyalty cards at the start of the game and enjoy. But remember, someone in your valiant group might now be secretly working against the rest, and he is as intimately familiar with the game's subtleties as you are.
A word on collaborating. At times throughout the game, victory will hinge on your group's ability to make the right choices or sacrifices for the common good. The cards you are dealt and your unique special power may occasionally dictate your choice of quest or course of action. Collaboration with other like-minded knights in your group will often turn out to be crucial to winning. A few rules must thus be observed at all times when conferring with your fellow knights. Declarations of intent can be made freely. Resources and capabilities can all be discussed openly as long as your comments are general and non-specific. However, you must never reveal or discuss the explicit values of the cards in your hand or volunteer any other specific game information not readily available to your fellow players. For example, you should never say, I have three grails, let me have this one. Or, I'll trade you three fight two cards for my fight five. Being grown men of valor, you should act on your own free will and conscience. Regardless of your brethren's advice, wishes, or threats, you may always embark on the course of action of your choice. It is permissible to lie about your intent or your resources at hand, though you must never cheat. Game Turn First Player As befits a monarch, King Arthur begins the game. If he is not in play, the knight played by the youngest player starts first. Order of the Turn Play proceeds clockwise in successive turns until the game is lost prematurely, or a twelfth sword is laid on the round table, at which point the color of the majority of the swords laid there determines victory or defeat. The two phases. The game turn is divided into two phases, each separated by a verification check as to whether the game ends or not. In the first phase, the progression of evil phase, you must make one of three unappealing choices, all favoring the evil forces. In the second phase, the heroic actions phase, you try to help your cause by performing one, or occasionally more, of five heroic actions. Game Turn Overview On your turn, you must perform two steps. Progression of Evil You must choose one of the following three actions. Draw a black card from the black draw pile, read it, and apply its effects. Add a siege engine around Camelot. Or lose one life point. Check if endgame conditions have been reached before proceeding to step 2. Heroic Actions You must now perform one of five possible heroic actions. You may occasionally perform more, see Sacrifices and Special Powers. Move to a new quest. Perform an action related to the quest you are on. Play a special white card. Heal yourself. Or accuse another knight. After your heroic actions, Check if the end game conditions have been reached. If not, the game moves on to the next player. During your progression of evil and heroic action phases, you are welcome to discuss any of your choices with the group, as long as you respect the rules laid out in A Word on Collaborating. However, you always have final say over your decisions. Progression of Evil At the beginning of your turn, you are faced with selecting one of three unappealing choices all designed to help the forces of evil in their campaign against you. Deciding which is the lesser of these evils will depend on the current game circumstances, but you must choose from one of the following. Drawing a black card, adding a siege engine around Camelot, or losing a life point. Drawing a black card. If you choose to draw a black card, pick the top card on the black draw pile, read it aloud, and apply its effect. If necessary, refer to the card's manifest in Appendix 2 of the Book of Quests for more details on how to play the card. Note that Black Knight, Lancelot, and Dragon cards may be played face down if you choose. 
In this case, their value should not be read aloud to the other players. If the black draw pile runs out as a result of your draw, reshuffle all of the discarded black cards into a fresh new black draw pile and simultaneously reshuffle the white discard pile and the white draw pile into a fresh new white draw pile. Throughout the game, each time a draw pile runs out, you will have to reshuffle both piles even if the other one has not yet been depleted. Special Blacks If the black card you draw is a special black card, Dark Forest, Desolation, Guinevere, Mist of Avalon, Mordred, Morgans, Vivian, read it aloud and apply its effects immediately. If you desire, you and or some of your fellow knights can decide to immediately cancel the card's effect by collectively playing three Merlin cards. Beware. This collective use of Merlin cards to prevent a special black from coming into play can never be applied retroactively. If you draw Vivian or the Dark Forest and do not have three Merlin cards, it can go into play and stays effective until the game ends, even if later you get three Merlin cards in hand. All cards played, including the three Merlin cards, if played, are then discarded onto their respective discard pile face down. Important note. Throughout the game, discard all cards face down, regardless of their color or who played it. Cards played on the board are usually placed face up unless indicated otherwise. Standard Blacks If the black card you draw is a standard black card, Black Knight, Despair, Excalibur, Lancelot and Dragon, Mercenaries, Picts, Saxon, play it face up on the corresponding quest as indicated by the quest symbol on the card. Unlike Special Blacks, a standard black card cannot be countered by the use of three Merlin cards when it comes into play. The effect of a Mercenary's card is applied at your choice on either the Pict or Saxon War. The Lancelot and Dragon cards are always placed on whichever of these quests is currently in play. Lancelot first, followed by the Dragon, once Lancelot's quest is complete. If the black card you draw is a combat card with a numerical value on it, Lancelot and the Dragon, or the Black Knight, you may choose to play it face down on the board to hide its numerical value from the rest of the group. This will likely raise a few suspicious eyebrows, but it'll also let you immediately pick a free white card from the draw pile into your hand. If the quest for a given black card is no longer in play, once played the quest for Excalibur, the Holy Grail, and Lancelot and the Dragon are all turned over or removed, a Siege Engine is immediately added to Camelot in lieu of the card being played. The card is then discarded onto the discard pile. Do not play a card on the board itself where the graphic is just a reminder of the card's effect. If the black card you draw is a Black Knight, Lancelot, or Dragon card that fills the last empty spot on the evil side of the quest, an Excalibur card that moves Excalibur to the last position on the evil side of the river, a Despair or Desolation card that causes the entire Grail quest to now be filled with black cards, or a Picked, Saxon, or Mercenary card that puts the fourth Picked or Saxon figure on the battlefield, the quest you play the card on immediately ends. Check in the book of quests whether the quest was won or lost, and apply the corresponding victory or defeat consequences as indicated by the quest's victory or defeat pictograms. Adding a Siege Engine around Camelot Take a Siege Engine from the reserve and place it on one of the empty Siege Engine spots surrounding Camelot. If this is the 12th Siege Engine placed around Camelot, the game is immediately lost for all but the traitor. Losing a Life Point you may always sacrifice your own stamina to keep the forces of evil at bay. To do so, simply lose one life point and turn your life point die so that it shows its next lowest value face up. 
Your life points can never go below zero or above six. Any life point gained above six is immediately forfeited. If your life points fall to zero as a result of this voluntary sacrifice or at any other point during the game, regardless of the reason for it, you die and disappear from the game at the end of your game turn. If you possessed Excalibur or Lancelot's armor, they are now lost forever and removed from the game. All of your white cards are immediately discarded face down onto the white discard pile and your miniatures removed from the board. Your only hope. If the Holy Grail was won earlier in the game and its owner lets you drink from it, you survive your fall to zero life points, but only once. If you are the Grail owner, you can use its magical power on yourself. When drinking from the Holy Grail, set your life points back to four and remove the Holy Grail from the game. Important note, even dead, you must not reveal your loyalty until the end of the game. Even if you fall in battle, you will get a chance to enjoy a victory, posthumously of course, if your side ultimately wins. Heroic Actions If you survive your progression of evil phase, you must then undertake one of the five heroic actions. To help your fellow knights, you must either move on to a new quest, perform a quest-specific action, play a specific white card, heal yourself, or, when permitted, make an accusation. Remember that in this phase you must take one action. So, if you are on a quest and are unable to perform the action or actions linked to that specific quest, you have to play a special white card to heal yourself or make an accusation. If you cannot do any of the above, you must move regardless of how much you might have wanted to stay on this quest. Moving to a new quest. The lands surrounding Camelot are dark and foreboding. Traveling to a new destination is often a great deed in itself and thus requires a heroic action. To travel, simply grab your knight's miniature and move it to any destination quest of your choice. The distance between your quest of origin and the destination and the relative position of these quests on the map is irrelevant. Each move always requires a single heroic action. The one exception is Camelot, which has two locales, the siege area outside the walls and the round table inside, between which you can freely move without expending a heroic action. A few of the quests, the Black Knight, Lancelot, are solo quests. Only one knight may be on each solo quest at any given time. Thus, you may only move to a solo quest if it is presently unoccupied. Performing a quest-specific action. Each quest has one or more specific heroic actions attached to it. These quest-specific actions usually help advance the quest toward a successful conclusion. You may only perform a quest-specific action if your knight is currently on that quest. If, as a result of a heroic action, a quest's end conditions are met, all knights on the quest just ended are moved back, at no cost, to the round table in Camelot. The quest's victory or defeat consequences, as indicated by the quest pictograms, and in the quest entry in the book of quests, are applied at once. And all cards played on the quest are discarded into their respective discard pile. Saxon and picked figures, if any, are put back in reserve. The heroic actions specific to each quest are Camelot. Camelot has a specific heroic action attached to each of its two sections, the round table and the siege area outside the fortress's walls. When in Camelot, you may choose to perform a heroic action to draw two white cards or fight a siege engine. Drawing two white cards. There is no limit to the number of white cards you may have in your possession at any time during the game, but if you have 12 or more white cards in hand, you cannot choose to draw any more additional white cards as your heroic action. Fighting a siege engine. To fight a siege engine, first select and play as many fight cards as desired from your hand onto the table. 
then roll the eight-sided die. If the sum of the white fight cards you played is greater than the value displayed on the die, you win the fight. Move the siege engine off the board and back into the reserve and discard any cards played. If the sum of your white fight cards is lower than or equal to the value of the die rolled, remove one life point from your total by turning the life die down to its next lower value. If this brings you to zero, you die. The siege engine remains in place and you must discard any cards played. The Black Knight, Lancelot, and the Dragon's Quests The tournament against the Black Knight, the quest for Lancelot's armor, and the Dragon's Quests are all combat quests. When on a combat quest, you may, as your heroic action of choice, play a single fight card on any empty card spot on the knight's side. The cards you play must eventually form a specific combination. Two pairs of distinct values in the Black Knight's tournament, a full house in the quest for Lancelot, and three three-of-a-kinds in the Dragon's Quest. So your choice of fight cards may be limited, or may constrain future cards played here. A combat quest ends the moment its last white, or black if in the progression of evil phase, empty spot is filled. The sum of all white cards played on the quest is compared to the sum of all black cards played there. To protect the identities of both the innocent and a potential traitor, all the black cards that were played on the quest must be shuffled together before revealing them to compute their sum. If the white fight cards have a greater total value, the quest is won, otherwise it is lost. The quest for Excalibur. To win Excalibur, you must progressively move Excalibur to your side of the river. To move Excalibur one spot closer to your side, you may, as your heroic action of choice, discard any one white card face down from your hand onto the white discard pile. Once Excalibur reaches the last spot on your side of the river, the quest is won, its victory spoils granted. Excalibur is placed on the coat of arms of the knight who completes the quest. The quest for the Holy Grail. To win the Holy Grail, you must cover every single spot on the quest with a Grail card. To progress in your search for the Holy Grail, you may, as a heroic action of choice, play a single Grail card on the first empty spot closest to the Holy Grail miniature. If all spots are filled, remove the closest Despair, or possibly Desolation, card instead, and discard both cards. If you lay the seventh Grail card on the last spot on the board, the quest is won, its victory spoils granted, and the Holy Grail goes on your coat of arms. The Saxon and Picked Wars To win one of the Saxon or Picked Wars, you must complete a straight series of fight cards with values from 1 to 5, before the forces of evil are able to place four Saxons or Picked figures in that war. To fight the Saxons or Picts, you may, as a heroic action, play a single fight card on the first available card spot in that war. If there are no cards yet in play on that war, you must play a 1 as the first fight card on this quest. The value of each succeeding fight card placed must be exactly one point higher than the last card played, so that the cards laid on the quest form a straight of increasing values from 1 to 5. Playing the fifth and final fight card on the war wins that quest. If four Saxon or Picked figures are placed on the battlefield before you play the fifth card, the quest is lost. Playing a special white card. Special white cards are easily identifiable by their special white symbol. Convocation, Fate, Heroism, Lady of the Lake, Messenger, Piety, Reinforcements, Clairvoyance, Merlin. To play a special white card, read its text aloud and apply its effects immediately, then discard the card onto the white discard pile. You may never play more than one special white card per turn. Healing yourself. To heal yourself and gain one life point, simply discard three identical cards and turn your die over to the next value up. 
You may heal yourself above your initial four life points, but never above six. Making an accusation. Accuse a fellow knight of being a traitor to force him to immediately reveal his loyalty card to all of you. Important notes. This action only becomes available once there are at least six siege engines around Camelot, or at least six swords of any color on the round table. Each knight may choose this action only once during the entire game. You do not need to be in the same location as the knight you accuse of treachery. If you are the traitor, you may choose to falsely accuse a knight of being the traitor for the sole purposes of sowing confusion and turning a black sword over to your cause. If the knight you accused turns out to be loyal, turn a white sword, if any, over to its black side on the round table. If there are no white swords on the round table yet, the accusation has no effect. If the knight you accused is the traitor, add a new white sword to the round table. The traitor is now unmasked and must follow the instructions on the back of his coat of arms. See the traitor in Appendix 1 of the Book of Quests for more details. Additional Heroic Actions Sacrifice Once per turn, you may decide to exert yourself beyond reason, sacrificing one of your life points in exchange for a second heroic action. Immediately reduce your life points by one and perform a second action. For instance, you could move to join the quest for Excalibur using your first heroic action, then sacrifice a life point to discard a white card and move Excalibur one space closer to your side. Important note, you may never perform the same heroic action twice in the same turn. The second action must always be a different one. If such a sacrifice brings you down to zero life points, you can find the inner resources required to perform this one final action, but you will die immediately thereafter, regardless of this action's outcome even if this action wins a quest which would give you a new life point. Only the Holy Grail card could save you from certain death, provided it had been won in an earlier quest. Additional Heroic Actions The Knight's Special Powers With the exception of Percival and Kay, all other knights may only use their special powers during their respective heroic action phase. Percival uses his during the progression of evil phase, and Kay may use his out of turn as soon as a quest ends. You may use your special power before or after your heroic action. If you choose to perform two heroic actions, you may even use your special power in between them. The rule forbidding the same heroic action from being performed twice during the same turn remains in effect. For instance, as Sir Galahad, you use your special power to play a free special white card. You cannot opt to play a second special white card as your mandatory heroic action for the same turn. Ties all ties in the game, including fights against siege engines, fights against the Black Knight, fights in Lancelot's and the Dragon's Quest, and ties between white and black swords on the round table at the game's end, are always resolved in favor of the forces of evil and the traitor. A stalemate is never good enough for the knights. Game End The game ends immediately with a loss for all the loyal knights if there are 12 siege engines surrounding Camelot, 7 or more black swords on the round table, or all of the loyal knights, traitor accepted, are dead. In addition, the game stops immediately after the first action in which the twelfth sword is laid on the round table. If the traitor is still alive and undetected at this point, he reveals his loyalty card, and two white swords on the round table are now turned over to their black side. Important note, if several swords are laid at once during the game's final action, the game may end with more than twelve swords on the round table. The black and white swords on the round table are then tallied up separately. If the number of white swords laid is strictly greater than the number of black ones, the loyal knights win the game. 
otherwise the forces of evil win, along with their treacherous friend, if any. Any knight, including the traitor, who dies during the game is considered to win a posthumous victory if the side he had pledged allegiance to wins the game. Advanced and Optional Rules Joining in mid-game If a player wishes to join a game in mid-play, he simply draws one of the remaining coat of arms and loyalty cards and sits to the immediate left of King Arthur, or the player who started the game if King Arthur is not in play. He then sets his life die to 4, draws 5 white cards from the top of the white draw pile, places his miniature in Camelot, and waits for his turn to arrive. If a player wishes to leave the game, he is considered to have immediately met his premature death. Expert Rules After a few victories, the bravest among you may want to experiment with any of the following variants. The Squire's Challenge Any veteran player looking for a bigger challenge may opt to start the game as a simple squire, with no coat of arms or special power. Equipped solely with his life die, set to four as usual, and a starting hand of five white cards and a single merlin. When a quest is won, one, and only one, of the squires present on it will earn his knighthood. The players can decide among them which becomes a knight. If no agreement can be reached, the squire whose action won the quest is the one who was made a knight. He then becomes a full-fledged knight, receiving a coat of arms and the special power that goes with it. Once you truly master this challenge, consider having your squire start the game with three life points and fewer white cards in hand. The Traitor Among Us Instead of dealing loyalty cards from the eight available, take only as many loyalty cards as there are players around the table, add the traitor card, shuffle and distribute. This makes the game quite a bit harder. While there is no guarantees that the traitor is in your midst, the probability of one increases dramatically, especially for a smaller number of players. Three Brave Knights When the knights are few, the challenge becomes increasingly greater for the chivalrous among you. With only three players at the table, we strongly recommend you heed the recommendations for first-time play on page 8 of this rulebook and initially attempt the quests without a potential traitor in your mists. Only once you have become confident in your skills should you consider adding the potential traitor back into the mix. The traitor won't appear that frequently amongst your small group, but when it does, his presence will turn out to be devastatingly effective. As such, any player dealt the traitor card must place special emphasis on playing his role not only by the rules, but also in the spirit of the game. In Shadows Over Camelot, the traitor's challenge is to defeat the loyal knights through deception and deviousness, not simply crush his opponents by openly flaunting his true nature through an obvious string of overt evil moves. To encourage and facilitate this type of play, in a three-player game, the players should not look at their loyalty cards when they are distributed at the beginning of the game. Instead, the player should wait until at least six swords have been laid on the round table before taking a peek at their loyalty card. Suspicion will now begin to cast its long shadow over Camelot. While the challenges for the loyal knights remain significant, regardless of whether or not one of their own was suddenly seduced by the promises of the evil side. Okay, you should be all set. And if you're looking for more rulebooks, please check out beardgamers.com. Thanks for listening.